Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Benazza Talks has returned. Uh, first off, I'd like to apologize for my long hiatus. I completely forgot this even existed. And um, I said I'd be doing some regular content. And I know, obviously, there hasn't been any really regular content. And I apologize for that. But, as I said, I apologize. And from now on, I will do regular content, I promise. But um, the reason why I'm doing a, a podcast now is because there has been some breaking news. As of a couple of hours ago, a reportedly so, a second patient of HIV has been cured. A milestone in the global AIDS epidemic. Oh, sorry, guys. Put that simply, someone with HIV has been cured for the second time in history only. Uh, the source is the New York Times. Scientists have long tried to duplicate the procedure that led to the first long-term remission 12 years ago. With the so-called London patient, they seem to have succeeded. For just a second time since the global epidemic began, a patient appears to have been cured of infection with HIV, the virus that causes AIDS. The news comes nearly 12 years to the day after the first patient known to be cured, a feat that researchers have long tried and failed to duplicate. The surprise success now confirms that a cure for HIV infection is possible, if difficult, researchers said. The investigators are to publish a report on Tuesday in the journal Nature and to present some of the details at the conference on retroviruses and opportunistic infections in Seattle. Publicly, the scientists are describing the case as a long-term remission. In interviews, most experts are calling it a cure, with the caveat that is hard to know how to define the word when there are only two known instances. Both milestones resulted from bone marrow transplants given to infected patients, but the transplants were intended to treat cancer in the patients, not HIV. Bone marrow transplantation is unlikely to be a realistic treatment option in the near future. Powerful drugs are now available to control HIV infection, while the transplants are risky with harsh side effects that can last for years. But but rearming the body with immune cells similarly modified to resist HIV might all succeed, as a practical treatment expert said. They say, and I quote, This will inspire people that cure is not a dream, said Dr. Anna-Marie Wenzing, a virologist at the University Medical Center Utrecht in the Netherlands. She says, and I quote, it's reachable, end quote. Dr. Wenzing is a co-leader in iSystem, a consortium of European scientists studying stem cell transplants to treat HIV infection. The consortium is supported by AMFAR, the American AIDS Research Organization. The new patient has chosen to remain anonymous, and the scientists referred to him only as the London patient. I feel a sense of responsibility to help the doctors understand how it happened so they can develop the silence. He said, he told the New York Times in an email. Learning that he could be cured of both cancer and HIV infection was surreal and overwhelming, he added. And he says, and I quote, I never thought that there would be a cure during my lifetime, end quote. At the same conference in 2007, a German doctor described the first such cure in the Berlin patient, later identified as Timothy Ray Brown, age 52, who now lives in Palm Springs, California. That news, displayed on a poster at the back of the conference room, initially gained little attention. Once it became clear that Mr. Brown was cured, scientists set out to duplicate his result with other cancer patients infected with HIV. In case after case, the virus came roaring back, often around nine months after the patients stopped talking, stopped taking antiretroviral drugs or else the patients died of cancer. The failures left scientists wondering whether Mr. Brown's cure would remain a fluke. Mr. Brown had had leukemia and after chemotherapy failed to stop it, needed two bone marrow transplants. The transplants were from a donor with a mutation in protein called CCR5, which rests on the surface of certain immune cells. 
HIV uses the protein to enter those cells but cannot latch onto the mutated version. Mr. Brown was given harsh, immunosuppressive drugs of a kind that are no longer used and suffered intense complications for months after the transplant. He was placed in an induced coma at one point and nearly died. He was really beaten up by the whole procedure, said Dr. Stephen Deeks, an AIDS expert at the University of California, San Francisco, who has treated Mr. Brown. He says, and I quote, And so we've always wondered whether all that conditioning, a massive amount of destruction to his immune system, explained why Timothy was killed but no one else. End quote. The London patient has answered that question. A near-death experience is not required for the procedure to work. He had Hodgkin's lymphoma and received a bone marrow transplant from a donor with the double CR5 mutation in May 2016. He too received immunosuppressive drugs, where the treatment was much less intense in line with the current standards for transplant patients. He quit taking anti-HIV drugs in September 2017, making him the first patient since Mr. Brown known to remain virus-free for more than a year after stopping. He says... And I think Dr. Ravindra Gupta, a virologist at University College London, says, and I quote, I think this does change the game a little bit, end quote. He presented the findings at the Seattle meeting, and he says, and I quote, everybody believed after the Berlin patient that you needed to nearly die basically to cure HIV, but now maybe you don't, end quote. Although the London patient was not as ill as Mr. Brown had been after the transplant, the procedure worked about as well. The transplant destroyed the cancer without harmful side effects. The transplanted immune cells, now resistant to HIV, seem to have fully replaced these vulnerable cells. Most people with the HIV-resistant mutation called Delta-32 are of Northern European descent. ISISTEM maintains a database of about 22,000 such donors. So far, its scientists are tracking 38 HIV-infected people who have received bone marrow transplants, including six from donors without the mutation. The London patient is 36 on this list. Another one, number 19 on the list, and referred to as a Dusseldorf patient, has been off anti-HIV drugs for four months. Details of that case will be presented at the Seattle conference later this week. The consortium scientists have repeatedly analysed the London patient's blood for signs of the virus. They saw a weak indication of continued infection in one of 24 tests, but say this may be the result of contamination in the sample. The most sensitive test did not find any circulating virus. Anti antibodies to HIV were still present in his blood, but their levels declined over time, and trajectory similar to that seen in Mr. Brown. None of this guarantees that the London patient is forever out of the woods, but the similarities to Dr. Brown's recovery offers Doc sorry guys. But the similarities to Mr. Brown's recovery offer reason for optimism, Dr. Gupta said. He says, and I quote, In a way, the only person to compare with directly is the Berlin patient. That's kind of the only standard we have at the moment. End quote. Most experts who know the details agree that the new case seems like a legitimate cure, but some are uncertain of its relevance for AIDS treatment overall. I'm not sure what this tells us, said Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. It was done with Timothy Ray Brown, and now here's another case. Okay, so now what? So now where do we go with it? End quote. One possibility, said Dr. Deeks and others, is to develop gene therapy approaches to knock out double CR5 on immune cells or their predecessor stem cells. Resistant to HIV infection, these modified cells should eventually clear the body of the virus. WCR5 is a protein that He Jiang Kei, a scientist in China, claimed to have modified with gene editing in at least two children in an attempt to make them resist the HIV, an experiment that set off international condemnation. Several companies are pursuing gene therapies but have not yet been successful. The modification must target the right number of cells in the right place, only the bone marrow, for example, and not the brain and tweak only the genes directing production of double CR5. There are a number of levels of precision and must be reached, said Dr. Mike McCune, a senior advisor on global health to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. 
He says, and I quote, there are also concerns that you might do something untailored, and so if you might wish to have a kill switch, end quote. Several teams are working on all of these obstacles, Dr. McCune said. Eventually, they may be able to develop a viral delivery system that, when injected into the body, seeks out all double CR5 receptors and deletes them, or even a donor stem that is resistant to HIV, but could be given to any patient. These are dreams, right? Things on the drawing table, Dr. McCune said. These dreams are motivated by cases like this. It helps us to imagine what might be done in the future. End quote. Alright guys, I think I'm going to leave it there. Um, in conclusion, I've got to say, that is absolutely crazy. Um, you know, what else does the future hold for us and for those who are you know, infected with any sexual disease, including HIV and AIDS? It's crazy to think that people are being cured and hopefully we can continue to cure people in the future. Thank you very much for listening.